sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Lunchtime, lunchtime on Friday and it's business eye. Yes, I've just been down in Dundrum Shopping Centre and you swear it was Christmas. Everybody jamming around, bumping off each other. Oh, we shouldn't say bumping off each other. We'd all get in trouble for that. Keep your distance and be safe. It's strange, actually, something that made me have a little thought today that with everyone shopping and, you know, we've been coming out of lockdown and it's we're, we're like we've been starved for connection and everyone is running to the shopping centres. And we ha- we're on lockdown to protect ourselves. And I realised that wh- when you're on lockdown, where does everybody go? Everybody goes to the supermarkets. You know, it's the only place we can go to. And it would be interesting to see what is the COVID count or deaths for people that are actually working in supermarkets. Because with the whole country going towards them, I'd be concerned to see what the numbers are in the uh, supermarkets. But anyway, that's my COVID concern for today. Yes, we are getting the festive season. I had my first mince pie today and everything was wonderful and delicious. Um, And I plan to have a lot more. But as today is Friday, I have a very good guest in today. It's Stephen Kerr. Stephen has created a TV channel, Multimedia. And it's called The Irish Inquiry. Uh, Stephen created it out of love, out of frustration. Who knows? But we're going to ask him. So, Stephen, how are you, my friend? Joe, very good. Good, good to, to see here. you. Good Thanks. to see you indeed. I, I've seen your, um, your, your show pop up a few times on YouTube. Uh, I see that you're moving it towards the uh producing TV. I love the, the graphics on it. It sounds like you're you're coming out of something new, the Sky News with all the TV uh, screens up. But tell me, what inspired you to create a channel? Yeah, um, well, I suppose just to say first, it's just, it's a live streaming platform. So we, we, we live stream or we broadcast, I suppose, um, online as opposed to on TV. What inspired me to set it up? Well, you know, I've been thinking about something like this for the guts of 10 years, I suppose. It's been 10 years since, you know, I've been thinking about doing something like this. And um, initially, I suppose, if you go back to the 2008 crash, the financial crash, um, and the and the years that followed, um, I began to see a real problem with mainstream media. And one example of that was, I mean, at a time where we weren't, we, we hadn't had so many evictions for decades before, if not maybe a century, um, we had the likes of RTE, our state, bro- state broadcaster, and their flagship political um, uh, show on RTE uh, Radio 1 uh, in the afternoon, Drive Time. Um, and at a time when, when so many families are getting evicted and, and put out of their homes and homes repossessed and a whole lot, you had banks. You had Danske Bank, followed by Ulster Bank, sponsoring this political program on the state broadcaster. And I really, I, I really didn't think that sounded right. I thought there, was, there could be a potential problem there. Um, so, I mean, for a while now, I've been thinking that mainstream media, um, you know, isn't really doing the job that it should be doing fully and that it could be done better. 
Um, so fast forward, global pandemic hits a couple of months ago or last year. And I found that there is, there's nothing like a global pandemic to focus the mind. Well, they always say that, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention. And sometimes when we go through life, uh, we get this gut feeling that we feel that we want to express ourselves and we need to have that voice. So in saying that, did you kind of go, do you know what? I'm a bit disgruntled with what's going on and I want to express my voice and let other people express their voices as well. That's really it. Um, I suppose it was back in it was back in May. It was the fifth of the fifth, actually, that we had our first live stream program, um, and I presented the first five actually. And really, yes, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I had no want at all to present this program. I don't like being on that side of the camera. But as you say, something I just felt I had to do something, and I wanted to give a voice to some other people, um, uh, some other people that have been watching and listening to online that weren't getting a, a platform on the mainstream media, especially not in Ireland. And I wanted to try and provide a platform for them. So it was really as simple as that. So we started off back in May. I presented the first five shows. Um, and since then, we've we've grown up. We have three shows now. We have a, a show on a Tuesday night called The Healthy Debate on Wednesday night, uh, a show called Centre Ground. And on Thursday night, a show called Double Down, all with different presenters bringing on different types of guests, you know, uh, talking about different topics, different show formats. Um, and that's the plan. And, and you know, I, I hope that we can grow to a little bit more than that, uh, you know, in the next, in, in the future. What were you doing prior to this? Or, you know, what was, what was your main sort of focus or still is your main focus? Um, well, going back again, 10 years ago, I suppose this kicked me into the area of activism and I got involved in different campaigns, I suppose, over the years. I got caught up in that for a few years and to be honest, I didn't really see um, a lot of progress coming. Uh, for me anyway, it didn't see, I thought I could be more productive in a different way. So I went back to college. I did a, a degree in um, media production management in Ballyfermot. Then I moved down to Tralee and did a film and TV uh, course down there. And then I got an opportunity to work in sports broadcasting up in Dublin here. So I work in transmissions department um, and uh, I was doing that full time up until a couple of months ago. And now I'm on part time, which is has pros and cons. Obviously, I have more time to work in the Irish Inquiry, but uh, I have very little money coming in. So that's that's the way it is at the that's moment. That's the way it, it rolls. There's a lot of people who are being affected with what's going on as well. It, it's also looking at the way you develop things and grow it audience, your audience grew quite rapidly as well, being on streaming. So what are you now? You've about four and a half thousand people linked in on YouTube at the moment in just a couple of months. Uh, YouTube, I suppose uh, on YouTube, we don't have, we have about maybe 3000 subscribers and um, we get most of our traffic actually on Facebook. And I just decided I'd have a quick look at the numbers before I come in yeah. today. So um, our reach our reach for the last four weeks is um, five hundred and, uh, and just over half half a million, uh, five hundred yeah, yeah. and five thousand, and the engagement is one hundred and six. So we've had engagement of one hundred and sixty eight thousand, and just in the last four weeks we've had an extra two thousand six hundred and fifty likes. So I suppose we've just over ten thousand followers now on the page after having started in May. But it, you know, when you look at followers, but then you look at engagements, and mm. get, get engagements tell tell a big picture. And 
it shows there's an appetite for the information that you're sharing if you have half a million people tuning into a show. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, I suppose the reach being half a million, but the, the engagement, it's still quite quite a quite a significant number, 168,000 engagements. That's huge. Uh, yeah. In the last yeah. four weeks. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, and I mean, part and of that is that grows as well. The one one of the beauties of when you're live streaming, because when it's recorded, it's in the mind's eye, and people can watch it anytime. So that's what we we love about it, and why we do the podcast here as well. You know, people are going to be listening to a message, and this is why I love audio and I love video. A year two years down the road they're still going to be listening to that message which is great for a sponsor as well that a sponsor if you if you manage to get a sponsor for a show no matter when it is they're ingrained in that for life as well yeah that's true um in terms of a, a funding model and how we would fund this going going into the future i mean at the moment everything has just been whatever little savings i've had i've been happy to put into it and also um, some people that have put their hand up and and, and offered to volunteer and some great people uh, uh, there's a, one, one lady in particular a Brazilian lady Daniela that, that helps and she's fantastic she does a lot of the tech work um, but going into the future obviously to make it sustainable if I would want to do this full time which I, I really would love to do uh, what, what sort of options do I have? I mean, state funding, that's not something that interests me and I don't think it would interest the state to fund what I'm doing. Um, corporate sponsorship, I don't know. Like I mentioned to you, er, to you earlier about the likes of, of banks sponsoring political programs on, so it would have to be the right sponsorship, well, obviously. Well, it always has to be. Yeah. You know, it's like you could be doing a, a show on health you know, the issues of health, you might get someone interested in sponsoring that or you could get someone to sponsor on VPNs or whatever. So it, when you look at the marketing end of it, it's always important to sort of look at, at who or where it is on it. But what have you, as a business point of view, what are you learning as you're going along as well? Well, I mean, um, I'm learning a lot, I suppose, from there's a lot of tech stuff, you know, that I'm learning on a week-to-week basis. Um, the trickiest thing is that I found, and what I wanted to do kind of differently uh, is I, I've wanted to try and engage it's the political left and the political right. It's quite a toxic space at the moment. Um, and I, I want to try and um, bridge that gap a little bit and, and be able to facilitate discussions on, you know, both the left and the right, and and make them feel that this is a platform for everyone to engage in. To so, I suppose it's it's about getting the balance starting off. You know, I, I don't want to be seen too much as being on the left or too much being on the right or or, or this or that. I, it's I want, partial. Well, well, that's it. So, I'm trying to build up a team of presenters. You know, we have three different presenters now that present, and ideally, we'll have at some point we'll have a different show on every day of the week, a different live show, and just to get that balance where because some people's bias will come out you know uh, some presenters they will they will have some yeah, that's some just the, 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 the nature of the beast yes but, uh, look uh, Stephen if you look at go back and remember for those people out there remember Channel 4 
Channel 4 used to only broadcast probably one one day a week in the beginning. Or You look at other channels then, like Sky News, where I remember Sky News used to come on at 6 o'clock in the evening and play repeats every day for years. And and what was that tiger or that cat? Does anyone, any of our audience know that cat that it was on Sky 1? It was a cartoon. I'm giving my age <laughs> away now and like a rambling old man. Um, but also... You have then Irish TV, which is there as well. So there's a lot of out there. The only way I feel that you can break through it is being bold, you know. And you can say that, that we all can comfortably follow the same narrative. But when you start speaking out with what your belief is, and if you, here, here it comes, right? Your belief system is will set your compass, no, even if you know you're doing that, and other people will say that you're wrong and doing it and try to put it off. If you truly believe what you're saying, and for me, it's it's God's trust. The absolute truth will always come true. You know, the truth will come past the lie, always. And if you are passionate in this and just focus on this, you know, and and believe what you're doing, the doors will open up for you as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's that, that's my belief at the moment and that's what's keeping me going. Uh, I suppose the idea is I want to create this platform which facilitates free speech where people can come on and they can discuss their ideas. Like, let's go back a couple of things. Free speech where you can feel safe to come on and express your opinions and, and, and have a dialogue about it. Um, also as well, like going back to the mainstream, some of the problems I found, they will always go back to the same talking heads all the time for their opinions. So what we want to do is one of the things, well, I suppose I, I have three points for our mission statement. I, I may as well mention them. So uncensored live stream discussions. That's kind of goes into the, the whole free speech thing I mentioned there. The second point relating to, the, the, you know, what, what the mainstream media always go back to the same talking heads. I would like to create um, a space where we can facilitate a diverse range of opinions from a growing collection of contributors because the information and the knowledge is out there like people have have great knowledge out there and they're just not given a platform unfortunately and the final part part of that the final part of our mission statement crowdsourcing solutions focus on a fairer society so as well as the the experts so to speak that we bring on we also have so much information so much knowledge and resources and everything else from the audience that are that are listening and watching um, and it's about involving them and engaging them in the process to to shows. I actually, I, I would hope to see the audience as co-producers of shows in the future where they have an input into what guests we might bring, invite on, what content we might discuss. During a show, they may, we may be able to, able to poll questions in real time and put them to our guests live during a broadcast. And most importantly, like um, engaging the audience post-show, like after a show, you know, when you watch a primetime show or, or whatever about some serious topic and then the show is over and the audience are left thinking, what now? You know, where can I go? Or I've been affected by this. What can I do? Or I have some information about this. What can I do? So the idea of, of being able to harness uh, all, all those, that resource of the audience and be able to bring them together in one space where they can continue this discussion or this debate or this um, research project, if you will, and allow the presenter maybe to dip back into that, in and out of that uh, as a resource over time, you know? I think with 2020, I can't believe it's coming to the end of it, but this year has made us really look at what's going on in the world, you know, look at our political system, our health system, look at the, the way socially we work on things. And there's a divide 
You know, there's there's a huge divide about people who agree and people that disagree. And let's say that there is the mainstream media or whoever it may be are in the middle and making money on jamming down to forward, you know, divide and conquer, whatever it may be. In it. The only way that we can unite as, as a nation is accepting everybody's belief and understanding what everybody is saying even if they're right or wrong, but accepting it. But it's not forcing my opinion or your opinion down each other's throats, acknowledging each other. And I think if we do that, we will actually then come together as a nation. I switched off from, I, I gave up reading papers 10 years ago. I think it was the recession that came in. Um, every time I picked up a newspaper, I felt depressed. It was just, you know, pumping negativity out. And there was no... There was no laughter or joy. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to do a small exercise here and I'm not going to buy a paper for 10 days. Mm -hmm. And I put it down. And then I went, that's okay. And then I went, you know what? I'm not going to listen to mainstream. I'm not going to listen to RTE. I'm not going to listen to news talk. I'm just going to... These are basically in my ear constantly all the time. Mm -hmm. And I switched them all off as well. 21 days into it, I realized I was happier. Mm. I realized that I wasn't having this fear or negativity in my life. Two months in, I got even happier. And 10 years on now, I'm not allowing a low negative energy to feed into me. And I'm asking, I'm you know, saying to people now, why don't you do the 10-day challenge? You know, And the 10-day challenge is switch off from social media which, you know, will will affect us all. Switch off of the news, switch off from buying a paper and just sit with yourself for 10 days and see how you are. And it's remarkable the amount of people that are saying that that level of anxiety that they have has dissipated slightly because they're not tuned into to mainstream media. It's an exercise in itself. Yeah, absolutely, I'm sure. And especially in this day and age at the moment, you know, where, where you have these um, case figures broadcast every day, I mean, th that is going to depress you if you tune into that. If you tune out of that for 10 days, um, you can imagine, um, I, I, you know, as far as uh, I reckon, if you tune out of that for a little period of time, you won't think there's, you'll think there's no pandemic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like a friend of mine doesn't tune in. I rang him up the other day. I was speaking to him and I says, oh, see now um, we're all back in and we have to wear masks. And he says, is that COVID thing still going? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and just on that, like, you know, very, very briefly, that, that's one area that the mainstream really have not done a good job in. Um, uh, they're facilitating, um, you know, these people to push this fear. And, you know, Luke O'Neill is one guy who's been pushing that fear a lot twice a week on News Talk and he's never been challenged. And uh, if any of your listeners would like to go on to the Irish Inquiry, you can see uh, my little approach with uh, with Luke last week. I managed to meet him on the street. Meet him on a, the street. Put a few questions to him. And I think that needs to happen more uh, in, in, in Ireland, in, in our media. One of the things which I'd love to see is if there was money pumped into positive programming yeah. on the airwaves. You know, if the government wrote a cheque to say, this is for positive programme to see how it's going in. Yeah. Tell us... Where can people, if they want to jump on, find your the information? Where can they log on? Uh, the website, uh, theirishinquiry.com, Facebook and YouTube, The Irish Inquiry, and on Twitter, at Irish Inquiry. That's in Inquiry with an, with an I. I think, um, I think 
think everyone tuned into George Hook's one as well, which was he was on one of them as well, and it's it's flying yes. on it. We're just going to take a quick break now in about uh, a few a minute or so. Uh, I just want to just let everyone see if you can help me with this. We're running a campaign at the moment, which is we are all one, and what it is, it's saying that you know, forget about our religions, forget about our nationalities, forget about our borders, forget about the color of our skin, and to remember that as a humanity, we are all one, and light a candle every day till the 21st of December to remember that we are all one. Why the 21st? Because it's the shortest day of the year and after that the days get brighter and brighter and brighter. So I'm asking to see to join this. There's people all over the world doing it. Light that candle and to remember we are all one and bring love, joy and happiness into this world. The Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Yes, folks. And I have Howard Hughes on the line today as we are doing everything by Zoom. There's one thing I've noticed this week and speaking to a lot of people is that everybody seems to be saturated with groups, events, meetings, and people are getting tired of Zoom and online It's 2020, it's December. If you're listening to this, you're still alive. You know, the year that we've had it in it. Confidence, better decision-making. Don't hide behind your talent. Great messages, which Howard has spoke to me about at length on previous calls. So I asked him to come on today. Howard, how are you? Uh, Joe, great to see you again. And thanks very much for having me on the show. Good morning to you and uh, good morning to all your listeners. It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. Friday feeling. My, you know, my birthday yesterday, you know. The, you know the, the, oh, belated happy birthday. Thank you very much. Thank you. Tell me, um, don't hide behind your talent. Explain that to me. Well... <laughs> Let's, well, let's be frank here, right? Society doesn't support the individual, okay? Uh, it's not get behind the individual. And really, if you look at the animal world, animals are always spoke, spooked by changes in their environment, right? Um, so an individual to come along, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the punk movement, um, Joe, and... I, I miss that down in Stevens Green. You know, there's the big Mohicans and the chains and the, you know, the very distinct rebellious, we don't want to be part of the, the, the framework type rebellion that punk brought. And people, people feared that, even to the point that it was on the news, it became a news item. You know, that's what's, what's happening to our youngsters. What's this punk movement going on here, you know? Um, yeah. And it was just an expression of individuality, although it was collective individuality. But, um, you know, some of the nicest people ever, and, and, and you say that because you discovered that they were the nicest people ever after this fear-mongering that was going on by the, by the collective hive mind that was going, look at these punks, they're dangerous and they're slashers and they've got their razor blades and chains and, you know, be safe around these people. Um, so society doesn't support the individual. So it, you're on a back foot when you want to express yourself. You're on the back foot immediately and in fact, it comes out on an ad. I don't know. I think it's an insurance company at the moment, where where the the scoreboard is coming up: fear versus you know confidence and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, just to go off on a slight tangent, there is no shortage of literature on confidence, personal development, 
you know, videos, everything. Um, so why aren't there more individuals and individual success, right? Because when you look at the herd, the herd really are like nearly, but by the time they're 60, they're heading towards retirement, although 70 now heading towards retirement. Most of them will not have a, a pension plan. Okay. Uh, most of them are severely in debt. I think the, I mean, you look at personal debt in Ireland. Now, this is not the the debt that the, the government are trying to foist on us, but I think it's somewhere around 23, 30,000 individual personal debt on credit cards, loans, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that is, that, that's the collective, right? But when you pick out certain individuals, these individuals are not part of the herd. They're booking the, the system. They've got savings. They're living within their means, okay? They have expectations, which is, is, is wrapped around their, their income, right? Their, their income flow. Um, so it's, they're usually the ones that are pointed to by the collective and saying they must be doing something wrong. It's very suspicious <laughs> that they're doing well when all of us are not. Does that make sense to you, Joe? I- yeah, it does. Because like when I was talking to Fergus Finley uh, there a while back, mm. you know, I was saying that, OK, there's more money out there than ever before. But but more people are in debt than ever before as well. So even though people are earning more and a better lifestyle, people are still learning less because they're more in debt. You know, so there's this picture and that one percent, which is stepping above this collective, as you as you're saying it, are the ones who have that self-esteem or have that confidence. I'll give you what my take on it is. And and then maybe you can you can correct me if I'm right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I believe that that boils down to what you were like or what happened to you in those early age age from you know zero to 13 or 14 there might have been other paradigm shifts that would have happened in 18 or in your 20s but because of the collective something it's even something someone said to you within within like ah you leave that alone you're no good at that at a small child because your influence well has that effect on the greater collective and that could be even what's being said on TV, cartoons, education system, whatever it may be. But it's only the ones that kind of have that confidence because they were given that little extra confidence as grown up are the ones that are able to break through those barriers. Absolutely. And 100 percent. That's where the that's where the system programming starts. You know, you start as a, a tabula rasa, as a blank slate and all these events that take place during your childhood and growing up. Um, are you know are imprinted or encoded into your into your system um into your operating system and the thing about it is that we're learning from people for whom this information didn't work <laughs> so you've got these people you know and uh it's, it's not to demean anybody in a certain profession but you know when we look at as children as we look to adults in general um, as guides, um, we trust them. There's an open trust as a child that the person who has gone ahead, this person who's an adult, knows best or knows better than me. 
certainly to certainly up into the teenage years i'm sure joe we all know that you know hire teenagers because they know everything oh, um, <laughs> i'm one of them at the moment yeah <laughs> um so absolutely but again as my mentor said that's great up until you're 23 or 25 but you're an adult then it's it's time for you to start making your own choices and uncovering unboxing and and testing uh what you think you know and it's it, it's uh it's a, it's a great thing. I mean, when I used to coach, I, I don't coach in person anymore, but when I did, one of the initial things would be to um, would be to find out what the operating system is. What do you believe to be true? You know, what do you believe to be true about relationships, about money, about... And I'd ask them to write down a sentence about, you know, what you believe to be true. Um, so we've got relationships with money. We've got relationships with people. We've got relationships with uh, authority figures. We've got relationships with our peers. And all these are, are conducted on an operating system that we've put together to shortcut um, having to think. <laughs> um, that's what happens. People stop and they don't critically analyze what's holding them back. And, and the analogy I use is like a fly at a window in your sitting room on a beautiful summer's day where the fly can see all the flowers but it doesn't know what's stopping it. It just butts up against this invisible force field. And as coaches, we open the window. It's up to the fly to go through the window. All we can do is show yeah. it where it is and open it. Like as, as coaches, I think what, what it is, we, we help people mm. because they know we're in their corner um, and it gives them th- that power to move forward because society has it that way. Mm. But do you think a lot of people give up too early? And if people give up, why are they giving up? Is it fear to be fear that they might be ridiculed in front of their peers because they're going against the grain? That's exactly it. That's it. because there's a there's a phrase out there: the nail that sticks up that gets hit. Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel that I don't want to stand out. I don't want to be the object of ridicule. I don't want to be uh, the people that you know. I don't want to be the person that people point to. But here's the thing. If your goal, if your dream is bigger to pull you through those situations, and that again, this is what we're, we're looking at. Uh, Les Brown did a, said a great, uh, a great thing. He says, people in life don't fail uh, because they aim too high and miss, because they aim too low and hit. Okay? Um, and people, we, we call these people delusional now. If, they, if, their, if their vision doesn't match their real world current circumstances. We don't give them the dream. Uh, we don't give them the space to dream. We don't give them the space to, uh, you know, be away with the fairies. And in all fairness, it doesn't, it, if somebody wants to have that dream, it doesn't harm anybody else unless they think they're a mermaid and they insist that people call them a mermaid or, you know, insist that they are a mermaid and they have to throw water on them. You know, once your dream starts involving other people buying into your delusion right there's delusion and there's dreams um so what so what i i I remember um used to look at the property pages in in the irish times and i had a dream to to own a place in france and at that time my phone had just been cut off and i couldn't even you know the, the bills weren't being paid um and that was again it was a result of how i was thinking at the time um 
But eventually I did. Eventually I did get a, a lovely little place down the south of France, uh, down near Perpignan. Um, but I remember uh, the friend of the person I was going out with at the time looking at me and looking at me, looking at these pages and going, you're, you're an idiot. He said, you can't, your, your phone's just been disconnected. You won't even pay the phone bill. It's not I wouldn't pay the phone bill. I couldn't pay the phone bill. She said, you, you're, it wasn't a priority. The phone's just been collected and you're looking at these places in France. And I said, yeah. I said, one day I'm going to have one. Um, and it happened, which was great. But we have to give people the space, right? And the first person to do that is yourself. You have to give yourself permission to dream. You have to give your, yourself the space to dream. You have to give yourself the space to be different. Yeah, like a dream is only a dream unless you've set it as a goal. And I, I, like, and even I don't like using the word goal. Is I believe is setting an intention. Mm. I think Irish people have a very people have a very bad relationship with money. Competing with Mister and Missus Jones, you know, it's I, I never could I can't I can't I can't figure that out yet. Yeah, well, look, I. I mean, my own personal experience with money, Joe, was that um, I thought I had it. but <laughs> And what happened was a lot of people were living on credit and a lot of people are living on credit. Uh, so they have this um, illusion of, of wealth, um, or sorry, the illusion of being rich. The difference between rich and being wealthy is how long can you maintain your lifestyle if you suddenly lost your income, right? That's the difference between uh, rich and wealthy. <laughs> Most you, Americans are three pay packets away from being homeless. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm Even sure, two, I'm say, sure yeah. that's, yeah. Well, it's, and I'm sure that would probably, is probably quite close to the same here as well. Mm. I think I'm quite blessed. I think as you get older, you get wiser and you start to cop on and you start to see the world, you start to see the world as what it is. And that's where I, I believe us as mentors or coach, you know, helping people in leadership is our wisdom because we've learned from experience enough. We've read books, but we learn from experience. So we mm. know you can go this way, that way. So going back to that increasing self-esteem, you know, mm. better leadership, how <laughs> what, what you know you know how how do you we can do it because people pay us and we can yeah. do it who people that's that small 10 percent one percent or 10 percent mm. but how do we help the larger collective we don't we don't no um the best way to help the poorest to not be one of them joe originally you know, when I when I got into personal development and these doors opened for me and the you know the awakening happened for me and I went, who wouldn't want this information in front of them? Um, but there are a lot of people who are addicted to bad habits and sympathy, and if you gave them the tools to uh, fix their lives, uh, they would run a mile because. Uh, they'd be missing out on uh, misery. The, yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, yeah, we know that there's um, people who live in misery um, and and thrive in it, but that's not their fault either. That's because of just the way. Well, it's it's because yeah. the way they've been programmed, and they don't 
don't, they don't know better. I, 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 that's, uh, I'm no, that sounded a bit condescending. There, right? I, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you there. I, I would say it's down to their their humanness, right? Because there is the, the there's the there's the whole endorphin and and chemical neurochemical reaction that comes from being right that that comes from being rewarded, right? So you can actually get addicted to that uh, neurochemical hit by being right. Um, which comes with being a victim and playing the victim and proving that you're right as the victim. You actually feel good about being wrong, about being the victim. Um, so that is that's part of being human. That's part of the that's part of your mechanics of 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 the body and how the body works. But that is to you know to let your car drive for you. Okay, um, you don't sit in the car and go right car. You know, let's go. I suppose unless it's a Tesla or something that has the the AI. But you know what I'm saying here that we are the masters of our body. We are the masters of the machine that we inhabit, which is the body, right? Um, and there's no shortage of information out there, Joe. As I said, there's loads of books, videos. You go onto YouTube. You go anywhere. Yeah. The only difference between finding that information for free and hiring someone is because you have someone who has your back. That person is holding your hand and walking that road with you. Like I said to people, I'm not your coach or your mentor. When you're working with you, I come part of your board of directors. Mm. Yeah. And it's giving them that strength and them also making those decisions. If they want to make something, they know they can ask you a question. My my sister gave the greatest advice ever, God rest her soul. And she was a tremendous business person, um, a woman that, you know, was highly influential in the 70s. Like she brought, she built the Apple factories in Cork and she wow. got Western digital deals with them. So... She said to me, always make a decision. If you make it, if you don't make a decision, you stay where you are. So make that decision. It might be the wrong decision, but by making it, you move forward. And I think that's the issue. That's why the difference between having a consultant or a coach is because they help you move forward on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, going back to the, you know, the, the fly in the sitting room, we, we show them the window. Uh, ultimately it's up to them to, to, to go through it. Um, so <laughs> that's, again, it's, you know, I think as, as, as coaches, one of the things we, one of our goals is we give people the tools not to need us anymore. <laughs> kind of do yeah. ourselves out, and of, that, our, that's it, yeah. out of, our, I, yeah. of our own business, you know? One of the things which caught my eye as well on your profile, what is the purpose of fire walking? What, what does it empower people? A fire walking for me is, is the action to the theory, right? We can tell people how wonderful and powerful they are. Um, but it's the action that is the, is, is the magic pixie dust, right? So the fire walking is, it's a most incredible uh, event. And you're having people walk across coals measuring between four to 500 degrees Celsius uh, in their bare feet, right? Uh, bearing in mind that a car engine melts at 200 degrees Celsius. It is showing to people how powerful, once they are in a certain state of mind, how powerful they are at dictating their machinery. 
Now, the, the, the talk I do beforehand goes on for about two hours while the fire is burning. And we look at uh, fear, sources of fear, um, fear versus caution, and the whole nature of, of, of consciousness. And it's the most blissful feeling. It's the most amazing feeling to have, uh, have accomplished it, to, to go across it. And there's this serenity that hits people for about a week afterwards, after they've done it. Um, the first thing that happens is that they, they break the ego mentality, this ego that, that creates danger for them to solve, which is our, you know, our, the old parts of our brain um, and our, our system, that, sorry, the limbic system. There's just this absolute heartfelt relief for a lot of people. And it's, it's, it's almost as if it's a, a psychological or spiritual snap that happens by doing this, by walking across, uh, by walking across these coals, which is that when you stand in front of a, a fire in your bare feet, um, <laughs> it's, it's very different than conceptualizing standing there in front of a fire with your bare feet. And it's, uh, it's amazing. I have a couple of other little bits and pieces that I do with them. You said there about fear. Um, mm. And it's really about, for me, it's about fear not, you know, especially with what's going on around the world and people are heavily influenced with what they hear and especially with sort of with a lot of the mainstream media as well will be, I call it fear feeding. Um, and I try to get that message to people that fear is a very low vibration. And once you can move yourself above that fear vibration to love, joy, happiness, all that other stuff that you that's fearful, sort of alchemizes, and it's getting that person up in their own state of mind, and that's what that fear, that's what the the far walking is, and everything, the the power of our own thoughts control everything in our lives it's not looking outwards but it it's it's focusing inwards and seeing the magic that's it yeah 100 percent uh there's a great scale of consciousness done by dr david hawkins uh if you google it you'll find it there and yeah fear is down at the low end of the of the scale um and strangely enough even pride though is is below the level of 200 200 is anything above 200 is integrity um, so bravery, love, all those are, are above 200. Um, but yeah, s- stuff like fear, guilt, shame, all these things are inward looking emotions. <laughs> it's, 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 it's narcissistic because you put yourself at the center of your story of, uh, look at me, look at me. Um, which is interesting. The, the, the ways out of these things. Love is an outward. The, 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 the ones that you describe, the emotions you describe are outward. Um, fear is an illusion. It's a fear of death. Uh, and and it, it's different to caution. Caution comes from a point of love um, that you don't put yourself in a harmful situation. So it's, it's all right to be cautious, for sure. But fear is is irrational. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, criticizing is wrong but analyzing is right, you know? So yeah. you have to figure out, we need to analyze things, but we don't need to criticize. And that's, the, you know, there's the fine line between it. 
I say to people if they're talking, I said, if, if you want to get into a, a discussion with someone or you have to, you know, and you feel that little bit of anger or frustration, put your mind and your heart together. So focus your he- brain on your heart and then have that conversation. And the tonality of that conversation and that feeling will be totally different as well. So, Absolutely, yeah. Um, just about sorry to interject, just one more thing on money, right? And it's something to look out for. You look at any movie from Hollywood or any TV show, right? And you tell me what role the person, the rich person plays. The guy in the background? Yeah, but is he a goodie or a baddie? Baddie. (laughs) Well, yeah. In the majority of cases, the guy with the money is usually the guy who's the baddie. The people with money are, I'd say, 90%, 90% of the time. They are the people who are manipulating and, and uh, you know, that's, causing that's, the destruction yeah, and all that not, kind of stuff. There's many good conscious leaders. But oh, if, there are. But the reason I'm saying this is that people may be afraid of being rich because they associate rich with what they see on the but, on the telly box or in the movies and all that kind of stuff. But if you go into the Bible, it says, you know, a rich man through the, can't get through the eye of a needle. Right. Yeah. And people believe that is the actually the eye of a needle. But yeah. if you get back into it, it's it's actually a gateway in Jerusalem, mm. right? Which yeah. is called the eye of the needle. Yeah. Right. Where a camel, and that's what they were talking about. It wasn't true in a, a, a needle. <laughs> yeah. And when you know that, the whole that whole story changes. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's look. Um, I'm I'm going through the book of Deuteronomy at the moment, and the again, it's the Lord has given you the means to be wealthy. Um, when Jesus sends out his uh, disciples in twos by twos, he says, "Absolutely, let the workers get paid, right? So get paid for your work." Um, and I think they're the the, the often misquoted. You know, uh, money is the root of all evil, but it's the love of money is the, the root of all evil, which is, you know, if you love something, you do anything for it, which means if you are putting this money object, you know, on a par with your family or the love of God or, or whatever, right? And I'm going to say love of God, it could be the universe, it could be whatever you want, right? But we all Source instinctively divine, know, whatever, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we all instinctively know there's something, that there's, that there's a higher self to ourselves, even that we could act within a higher cell. If you say the love of money is the root of all evil, you kind of go, oh, Jesus, I love my wife, I love my kids, I love the dog. Um, do I love money? Would I do anything for money? And where, where do I put money in the, in the scope, you know? Um, and I think people, again, are afraid of, ah, oh, money's the root of all evil, you know yourself, and you're like, no, hang on a second, and it's like, you know, that Wolf of Wall Street and that's remember that one that Michael Douglas was in. Yeah, well the the greed is good one. Do you remember that? Oh, the greed is good, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah, yeah. yeah, and everyone's you know, and he was a manipulative and all that kind of stuff. So but when you the just material the material mm. side of it, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, we, we all gone through that part in life and you know, the material things mattered. But as you get older those things, like, you know, my family asked me, what did I, going back to my birthday, asked me, what yeah. do you want for your birthday? I says, I don't know, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It says, look, I'll have a look around if I see something. Socks. Socks. <laughs> Socks and jocks. Socks and jocks. <laughs> you know, I don't need anything. 
no. I've, I'm content with all mm-hmm. that I have. And I, I try to say to people as well, stop focusing on the end because when you focus on that end, it never happens. Focus on what you can do right now and move towards that end goal. But if That's you keep it. focusing yeah. on the end goal, you'll never, you'll never get it. And no. I think the biggest thing that we all have to learn, you know, better decision-making and we're talking about self-esteem and everything mm. is, at what stage do you know what you're doing is what you are here to remember while you were doing it? At what stage is that? Or is there something still holding you back to speak our truth? There is the, there's, there's where I am. Yeah. The moment is I'm on that cusp. And that's why, you know, my other show, which is, you know, crossing the Rubicon. Mm. If I cross over here, there's no going back. And if I go over here, Mm. I'm going to upset a lot of people. Mm. And I have to be strong to do it. Correct. Because, and I have to trust God, God's trust. Because if I don't, have that God's trust, which I need to, that inner work, I will be fearful walking that path. That is a, it's a very, it's a very big statement, Joe, and you're right. And it it brings me back to where Mary and the disciples were trying to get at Jesus and a messenger comes in and says, your mother and your brothers are looking for you. And he said, who are my mother and my brothers? There anyone who follow the law of God. Basically, basically he said, um, I know she gave me birth and I know, do you know, there's James there and all that kind of stuff. But on a bigger, higher plane of existence, we are all connected, right? And we are all brothers and sisters. Yeah. And we have to uh, lean not on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord, Right. So many times we as humans think we're alone and that we as humans have to do it. We, we have to surrender. If we really want to accomplish major, major things, we have to surrender the narrative where we are the center of the story. That's why I think 2020 has made a lot of people wake up. It has made a lot of people... Each month, you know, month you'll be, you know, the roller coaster excited. The next month you'll be down and you know, feeling, oh my God, this this COVID is killing me. Mm. And then you're up again. And I think this this has been a year for us opening up our own bags and going, Psh, no, no, oh, <laughs> hang on. oh yeah. I didn't know I had that, you know, and, and yeah. flipping flipping it all out. And that center for me, it's being truthful and speaking more about God's way. People are saying to me, if you do this, you'd be surprised the amount of people that will resonate towards you who are looking for something than this. But it's for me to say, there's that there's that element that I'm going, but I lose all these people if I do this. And people are saying to me, so what? They're not your, your <laughs> and that's what I promote. I tell people yeah. this in, in their own business. So yeah, it's, it's a fascinating, it's been a fascinating year. Fascinating. Yeah. And you've hit on something there. The desire... Uh, as, as they call it in, in uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, homeostasis, to be in harmony with our environment, that we have this desire to uh, get on with people. You know, we're social creatures. 
we're so imagine that we were we were living in a post-apocalyptic uh, I am legend world. Imagine if we didn't have another human being to look at or talk to. And then we found one other person in the world. We'd be like, Paul was the only one. This is brilliant, right? And that other person might turn out to be a complete asshole, Joe, right? But you don't care because it's another person. <laughs> and yeah. you, right there, you have completely surrendered any notion of, of priority, of values, of, you know, just to be with another person. You will have surrendered your individuality and what you hold to be true and to be whatever, right? But there's a great book by Daniel Pink called um, Tribe. And that's the discovering of that is, you know, the, the kind of central tenet is you attract your tribe by being yourself, right? Yeah. And it's that, it's yeah. that leap of faith of, of unknown. They always think of, um, remember Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade? Did you ever see that one? Yeah. Where, where the final thing was he had to walk across this path that he couldn't see. And he threw down the stones. And he threw the yoke, yeah. and then he started walking and he took one step in front of the other. And as one step happened, the next path was revealed. And I think that's really what life is like for us. We take the first step in faith, then we've just got to trust after that, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, 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 and surrender. Yeah. I think that is it. Mm. T- tell me, if someone wants to reach out to your website for uh, LinkedIn, I'd say LinkedIn is the LinkedIn is the best. LinkedIn, yeah. LinkedIn is the best way to to get in touch with me. My my coaching is now done online. Um, I have a I, I'm in sales retail and I have a, a, a 17 day, a three month, and a year long courses. Um, and, and where <laughs> is that? What's the site? How, sorry, name? Howard Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes at Howard Hughes International. You can find, I have a, a business page on LinkedIn called Howard Hughes International, or you can get me at Howard Hughes um, on LinkedIn. Advice that you'd offer someone coming into 2021 with the way the way we, the world is, it's at the moment, cop on. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's a case of you versus the world, I'll back you. The individual will always shine through. Humans are the most adaptable creatures, and that's what has uh, allowed us to become the dominant species on the planet. Um, so if it's a case of you versus the world, I'll always back you. I'll always back the individual. So whatever, whatever life is going to throw at you, I'm going to back you as, uh, as the winner. Howard, talk to you soon. Joe, thanks a million. Have a great day. Hey, take care. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. Nothing. Nelson Mandela said, There is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that's less than the one you're capable of living. Now, I'm sure in your experiences in school and applying to college and picking your major and deciding what you want to do with life, I'm sure people have told you to make sure you have something to fall back on. Make sure you got something to fall back on, honey. But I never understood that concept, having something to fall back on. If I'm going to fall, I don't want to fall back on anything. I want to fall forward. I figure at least this way I'll see what I'm going to hit. Without consistency, you'll never finish. 
So do what you feel passionate about, passionate about. Take chances. Don't be afraid to fail. There's an old IQ test was nine dots and you had to draw five lines with a pencil within these nine dots without lifting the pencil. The only way to do it was to go outside the box. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. Don't be afraid to fail big, to dream big. But remember, dreams without goals are just dreams. Reggie Jackson struck out 2,600 times in his career, the most in the history of baseball. But you don't hear about the strikeouts. People remember the home runs forward. Thomas Edison conducted 1,000 failed experiments. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Because the 1,001st was the light bulb. Fall forward. Every failed experiment is one step closer to success. You've got to take risks, and I'm sure you've probably heard that before, but I want to talk to you about why that's so important. You will fail at some point in your life, accept it. You will lose. You will embarrass yourself. You will suck at something. There's no doubt about it. And I know that's probably not a traditional message for a graduation ceremony, but hey, I'm telling you, embrace it because it's inevitable. In the acting business, you fail all the time. Early on in my career, I auditioned for a part in a Broadway musical. Perfect role for me, I thought, except for the fact that I can't sing. I didn't get the job. But here's the thing, I didn't quit. I didn't fall back. I walked out of there to prepare for the next audition and the next audition and the next audition. I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed. But I continued to fail, and fail, and fail. But it didn't matter, because you know what? There's an old saying, you hang around the barbershop long enough, sooner or later you're gonna get a haircut. So you will catch a break, and I did catch a break. Last year, I did a play called Fences on Broadway. But here's the kicker. It was at the court theater. It was at the same theater that I failed that first audition 30 years prior. The point is, every graduate here today has the training and the talent to succeed. But do you have the guts to fail? If you don't fail, you're not even trying. I'll say it again. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. To get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. So imagine you're on your deathbed, and standing around your deathbed are the ghosts representing your unfulfilled potential. The ghost of the ideas you never acted on the ghost of the talents you didn't use. And they're standing around your bed, 
angry, disappointed, and upset. They say we, we came to you because you could have brought us to life, they say. And now we have to go to the grave together. So I ask you today, how many ghosts are going to be around your bed when your time comes? I just got back from South Africa. It's a beautiful country. But there are places there with terrible poverty that need help. And Africa is just the, the, the tip of the iceberg. The Middle East needs your help. Japan needs your help. Alabama needs your help. Tennessee needs your help. Louisiana needs your help. Philadelphia needs your help. The world needs a lot and we need it from you. We really do. We need it from you young people. I mean, I'm not speaking for the rest of us up here, but I know I'm getting a little grayer. We need it from you, the young people, because remember this. You got to get out there. You got to give it everything you got, whether it's your time, your, your, your talent, your prayers, or your treasures. What are you going to do with what you have? I'm not talking about how much you have. Some of you are business majors, some of you are theologians, nurses, sociologists, some of you have money, some of you have patience, some of you have kindness, some of you have love, some of you have the gift of long-suffering, whatever it is, whatever your gift is, what are you going to do with what you have? All right, now here's my last point about failure. Sometimes it's the best way to figure out where you're going. Your life will never be a straight path. I began at Fordham University as a pre-med student. I, I took a course called the Cardiac Morphogenesis. I couldn't read it, I couldn't say it, I sure couldn't pass it. So then I decided to go into pre-law, then journalism. And with no academic focus, my grades took off in their own direction. I was a 1.8 GPA. And the university very politely suggested that it might be better to take some time off. I was 20 years old. I was at my lowest point. And then one day, and I remember the exact day, March 27, 1975, I was helping my mother in her beauty shop. My mother owned a beauty shop up in Mount Vernon. And there's, there was this older woman who was uh, considered one of the elders in the town. And, I didn't know her personally, but I, I was looking in the mirror, and every time I looked at the mirror, I could see her behind me, and she was staring at me. She just kept looking at me. Every time I looked at her, she kept giving me these strange looks. So she finally took the dryer off her head and said, to some, she said something I'll never forget. She said, young boy, I have a prophecy, a spiritual prophecy. She said, you are going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. And in the years that followed, just as that woman prophesied, I have traveled the world and I have spoken to millions of people through my movies. Millions who up till this day couldn't see me, I, who, who up till this day I couldn't see while I was talking to them and they couldn't see me, they could only see the movie. They couldn't see the real me. But I see you today. 
And I'm encouraged by what I see. And I'm strengthened by what I see. Because taking risk is not just about going for a job. It's also about knowing what you know and what you don't know. It's about being open to people and to ideas. The chances you take, the people you meet, the people you love, the faith that you have, that's what's going to define you. Never be discouraged. Never hold back. Give everything you got. And when you fall throughout life, remember this. Fall forward. <laughs>